Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. Okay. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to the Eilam for the flexibility of switching to Tuesday, even though our comfort zone is the Thursday. But hopefully it will be with Siyat HaDashmaya. It certainly is for, for a good cause. Um, and the truth is, the truth is that Tuesday night, which is the beginning of Wednesday, is when you're supposed to start being Mechin for Shabbos. We say, for example, in the Askinu Dasa of, um, of Shabbos, the, the Arizal wrote three Mizmoirim for each of the three meals. Uh, the famous one is the Askinu Sudas of Shalashudas, because a lot of people sing that, the Bnei Hechola Dechsifin. But in the, and I, I think it's in the Friday night one, it says, Yemina Usmala, right and left, Uveinayu Chala, and in the middle, the queen, the Kala, the bride. So what is that referring to? So they say that you, we always look at the week as, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Shabbos. But there's another way to look at the week, and that is that Shabbos is in the center. And Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is looking towards Shabbos. And Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is being Yoinik from Shabbos. And then on Wednesday, you turn again towards the next Shabbos. So it's, it's even, I, I think by, by, by Tzadikim, I think there was such a thing that they would start the next Parsha on Wednesday. Like, like they, you've ever heard this, like when people speak... Like, we're not so mockbit about these things, but when people speak, a lot of times, like, till Tuesday night, they'll talk about last week's parasha. Wednesday, Tuesday night and on, they talk about the next week's parasha. That was the... My Rosh Hashiva used to give a vad on the parasha on Monday night. So it was always the last week's parasha. You still hope? It's still the Yemino Smolo Venayu Kala. You know, it's still, it's still the entourage of, the, of last Travis. So, in a way, starting Tuesday night, I'm not going to uh, disrespect you by saying that this is why we're doing it. No, we're doing it because the scheduling worked out this way and we, we tried very hard to, be, to not lose out any of these special things that we do here in the shul. But it, does be, it is menaching me a little bit that this is our first opportunity to learn Parshas Kiseitze in terms of saying over from the Parsha. And here we are learning Parshas Kiseitze. And there's a gishmak to it as you get closer to the Shabbos to say over. To, you, we're holding in the Parsha a little early. So maybe that's... Uh, okay, but if it... You know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Okay, we're, we're on it. You know, we'll keep an eye on this, on this Seder to, to make sure it stays vibrant. Okay. So I want to say over three things... Um, and the first thing I want to say over is not specifically Elul related, even though it's so Eluldic. And the second two things I want to talk about are the are the the Kiseiti Lamolcham Ala Yevecha and the Eitzahara, some of which is Chazara for us. But I just think it's an important Hachana to go into Shabbos with. I want to say that second. Okay, so I'm going to go a little a little backwards. The pasuk says in Parshas Kiseitze, Chaf Gimel Ches. It says, Loitesae vedoimikiyachichahu. Do not reject 
a edoimi, because he is your brother. Okay, we're not going to get into that tonight, the relationship with edoim. What I do want to go into with you a little bit, just to um, just to read to you the incredibly powerful, passionate words of the Alter von Kelm is on the next part of the Pasuk, Loitisa'ev Mitzri, which is not to reject the Mitzri, Kiger Hayisa Ve'artsai, because you were a Ger in his land. Now, Shua, the Mitzri were not the best hosts to us. In fact, Rashi says, don't reject the Mitzri, even though they threw your male children into the river, you know, I see good grounds to reject them. But still, you lived in their land. Okay, so I, I want to share with you, just in terms of to understand Midas, I want to share with you a letter from the Alter von Kelm. This is in the Sefer Chachma Umusser, Chelek Aleph, and it's letter Chaf Bez. Okay, it's a, a Yosef, if you're going to look it up, the Dibra Maskal is Uma Oid, like halfway into the paragraph. Now, I just want to give you a little hakdama that the Alter von Kelm used to write these letters to his Talmidim, and he, and, and, and he wrote them very, very carefully. The Alter von Kelm had a very difficult time writing because he was very sick all the time. He was like a Chaylam Mesukin his whole life. To the point, I think I've said this over to you before, to the point that they say that the Alter von Kelm used to daven early mincha every day because he wasn't sure if he would make it till the end of the day. When he was giving shear, sometimes he would start coughing up blood. And his Talmudim would say, Rebbe, it's pekuach nefesh, stop saying shear. He'd be like, no, it's pekuach nefesh that you should hear these different Torah. Okay, that's the Alter von Kelm. And he was very... trying to find the right word. He was very, like, he had like a certain chain about him. There's like a certain sweetness to his approach to, to Avedis Hashem and his, the open mind and the way he was affected by things. And he was very proud. This is one of the things he would work on is to be nispal and to have his heart on fire from Avedis Hashem. He wasn't, we think, when we think about uh, very, very intense people that are coughing up blood when they learn, we're thinking very serious and tense. And when you read the Alta von Kelm, it comes across as very, like, like with a big smile. So, okay, anyway, let me read you a little bit, okay? I want to share with you the experience of the Alta von Kelm. See, he brings him uh, an Indian and he says, I want to, let's give, let's give an example. Kigoyin like a pasuk in Parshas Kiseitzei loitesaiv mitzri kigero isa ba'artzei. Let's look at that pasuk for example, and then he says, "Hayuuman ki yisupra mida tayva kizu." Would you believe it unless it was said over? Like it's like like unbelievable such a mida tayva. Hamalamedes aisanu ba'achzokas hatayv lemeitiv loy that teaches us. How we have to be makir toiv to people that do good for us? And he says, make a cheshben. Yosef sustained... It starts the other way. Mitzrayim owes us their life. Right? 
Yosef Kilkel Zion Shonem Kol Mitzrayim. Thanks to Yosef HaTzadik, Mitzrayim was sustained for seven years. Okay? Yosef gathered all the money. And Velulehu, and without Yosef, Hayumesim Barah of Kulam, of Kulam. Right? They would have all died. So Yosef saved the life of every Mitzri. But that's not enough. Not only didn't they die, but he made them very wealthy. They sustained the whole world. Yosef was the cause of them not only being alive, but being prestigious and wealthy. Okay. Yaakov Avinu shows up in Mitzrayim, and Paroi and Mitzrayim give him a lot of covet. And what happens? Yaakov Avinu gives a bracha to Paroi, that the Nile should rise up to him. The hunger ends instantly. And, and Mitzrayim becomes even more profitable and, 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 and wealthy and fertile. Sheborchai benilos And the altar says, by the way, he says, and I think that till today the Nile is mashka the whole Mitzrayim. Like, it, it, <laughs> Mitzrayim still owes us a karsatayv. Yaakov Avinu got the Nile going. The entire Mitzrayim is yoinik from the Nilos. He says, Kemeduma sha'ar hayoim, ha-Nilos magbiya atzmai, it lifts itself up, umashke kol eretz Mitzrayim. He says, you see, when Paroi died, it was an evil kaved le Mitzrayim, right? Had Yosef not made a shvua, Paroi would not have allowed them to bury Yaakov outside of Mitzrayim because they would have wanted to hold on to him. He was the cause of so much goodness in Mitzrayim. So how does Mitzrayim react to this unbelievable chesed of, uh, of Yosef and Yaakov to Mitzrayim? Lo yoda es Yosef. Right? Parsha Shemais. Paroi doesn't know Yosef. Also, atzmai ki'ilu lo yoda. Right? Yosef, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the one that saved your life. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay? I think if there was a, one word to describe that, it would be kfiyas toiv. Right? Not just that. Not only did they not recognize Yosef anymore, but they started to be mishabed, Yaakov and Yosef's children. He'evidum beforech u'bechol avoidakasha hishlichu b'neihem la'yor they threw their children into the yor Right in the end, when Moshe Rabbeinu came and said, let Klal Yisrael leave, they stopped even providing them with straw. They made the Avodah even harder. Um, the, the, he brings a Medrash Rabbah that when a Yid would come and, and, uh, and, and want to start gathering his own straw, they would beat him and whip him. They made it excruciatingly difficult. He says, Re'ei kama kofui if there's anyone that deserves for us to say, fine, you don't remember what we did? Well, we don't remember what you did. It's Mitzrayim. It's not just that when we stayed in Mitzrayim, it wasn't such a pleasant stay. We saved them. You ever thought about that? Mitzrayim exists because of Klal Yisrael. The Im Kol Zeis. With all that, his hira hatayra loy to save. Do not reject the mitzri. 
Ki ger ha'yisa ba'artzai. And you served him with back-breaking work. You did live in his land. Forever. We have to remember forever. That we allow them to become gerim. We don't reject them. He says, How great is the obligation of a person to remember the toiv the that a person does for his friend. And I think there's something very, very profound here because of the first part of it. I think that a lot of times we have a hard time and in our interpersonal relationships and in our marriages and children and families, it's even more difficult than in our business or friend relationships or colleagues. And that is that we have a hard time being makir to people that aren't makir We have a hard time appreciating, you know, like we're, we're told, you know, like the Bali Musar tell us and, and Menschlich guys tells us like our wives work very, very hard for us and we should be very grateful to them. Sometimes a guy thinks, like, when she appreciates that I bring home the, a check every month, I'll appreciate that she does the laundry. If that's the way that marriage happens to work. But, you know, we have a hard time allowing ourselves to be makirtoiv to someone who's not makirtoiv. I can speak for myself that I struggle with this. I struggle with this. If I feel unappreciated by someone, even if I owe them a debt of gratitude, it's a little bit harder for me <clears throat> to connect with the debt of gratitude I owe the person when I feel like the person is not mocker the debt of gratitude that he owes me. But you see that that's not the midah of the Torah. It's a, it's a, it's a chiddush. It's a chiddush. Momo, I could hear you talking in your brain. Okay? I could hear you saying... <laughs> not fair. It's not right. Someone doesn't appreciate me. I don't... I'm still picking on you, but... If someone doesn't appreciate me, I'm not going to appreciate them. But you see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not that way. I, I, I think it's important to understand the Chiddush. I brought my Taimur Devaira with me. You know why? Because the Taimur Devaira, um, which is written by the Ramak, or Moshe Kordaviro, Taimur Devaira is a sefer that lists the midas of Hakadosh Baruch Hu and discusses how we can imitate those midas. Okay, he takes each, each mida of Hashem from a pasuk I think in Micha, and he talks about how we could imitate those midas. The very beginning of the Taimur Devarah. <coughs> Mamish, the very beginning. Perak Rishon. He says that, he says an unbelievable thing. It's literally the second paragraph in the first Perak. And it's worth seeing. He says, I want to tell you about it. The first meat of Hashem is Mikael Kamoicha. Hashem, who is like you? He says, you know what it means? You know how great Hashem is? He says, Hashem knows everything, right? There's nothing that's Nistar Mimeno. Hashem knows everything. He says, let's think about it. 
Timtza, you will find, I, I have a hard time saying this without getting emotional, it's, it's just like mind-boggling, the HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we have, okay? He says, realize, Shemei Oilam, in the entire history of mankind, Loichata Adam Negdoi, there has never been a man that sinned against Hashem, Shaloyiyehu ba'oisoi ha'rega mamish shoyfeya shefa kiyumoy utnua sevarov. That at that minute Hashem is pumping his heart and putting air in his blood and making him... Uh, what? Like he, the guy is sitting there doing an avera. Hashem said, "Don't do that," and I'm and I don't want you to do this, but but I'm taking care of you. While we're being married against Hashem at that moment, Hashem is like. Uh, okay, all your systems, your brain and your heart and your lungs and your kidneys and everything, the whole complexity, the whole mafli lasses of a person. I go, this broker is being mashpia. Taiv, 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 taiv. And we're not, that's not what we're doing. I thought this was a very good sushtel to the Altafun Kel. At the very moment, I sit down at home and I say Lashonara. I'm sitting there and doing something that's it's disgusting to Hashem. Lashonara, you're saying bad things about his children. Hashem's not happy about that. And at that minute, I'm healthy, my family's healthy. There's, a, there's an appreciation there. And he says, then, he says, and that is the way a person should try to be. And Rabbi said, this is something that's worth trying at home. We get upset, we, and we're, we're human beings, this is a real struggle. We get upset at our spouses, we get upset at our children, we get upset at our parents, and we feel like, we don't feel like being balei chesed when we feel like we're not appreciated. We don't feel like balei, being balei chesed when we're being hurt. I'm not chas v'shal, I'm not touching the big A word of abuse. You know, if something is going on, it could be mazik, so then a shayla needs to be asked. But I'm talking about in the mahalach of normal life. In the mahalach of normal life, is this not an incredible midah? HaKadosh Baruch Hu sustains us while we're doing averis. We could be loving and sustaining to our children, even when they're not listening to us. Sometimes for chinuch purposes, we have to discipline them. Because it's our job to take care of them. Not because we respond in anger. It's an avoida. But that's the lesson. When you see by Laning this week, don't reject the Mitzri. To me, this is just so delicious. Before the Alta from Kelm was already amazing. Like, you stayed, you know, you know, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's like an incredible thing. It's like, you were in this guy's concentration camp, you have to have a car. But not only that, the guy's alive because of you. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. Why? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is taking care of the Mitzrim? No. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is taking care of us. Because <coughs> that's a Yakristik Amida. That's a wealthy Amida. That's a Amida of someone who's, whose actions reflect HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that was Aleph for today. It's something, this is the real weightlifting in Avaidas Hamida is to be able to do that. Okay, now let's go back to the beginning of the parsha. I want to say two ha'oras about this famous, famous beginning of the parsha, where the parsha discusses the parsha of Yifas Toyer, the parsha of a person who goes to Melchama 
and and sees a woman in Mulchama that he has a desire for. And the Torah says, that uh, sometimes the Torah has to account for the difficulty of, of being kaivish the Yitzhahara. And the Torah prescribes a process of taking her, which the Torah's intention is hopefully that will outgrow that taiva. But ultimately it's mutter when it's done, when it's done properly. So there's two layers here. Let's start with layer number one, and we'll go down afterwards to layer number two. They're both deep, they're both deep, deep layers, but I think it's best if we do it in this order. So Chazal tell us, Rabbeinu Bechaya, look at Rabbeinu Bechaya at the beginning of Parashas Kiseitze. He says that Kiseitze la'mocham ala is being meramiz to our war against the Eitzahara. Very famous, Reb Tzaddik brings B'Shem Kedoshe Elyon that, I think from the Magid, he says, it's not the Pshat that Parshas Kisete is about going to war and it's Merames to the war against the Yetzirah. The Pashat Pshat and the Pasuk is that it's talking about the war against the Yetzirah. Who else is your enemy? Kisete Lamacham, you're going to war against your enemy. And it's a big Chizuk in the first Pasuk because like reminiscent of like the uh, the Mesilas Yesharim in the beginning that says that if a person will spend some time working on themselves, they're guaranteed to, that their lives will improve. So in a similar sense, the Pasuk says, If you'll go to war against your enemy, HaKadosh Baruch will give it over into your hands. What's the next words? Next words are Vishovisa Shivyoy and you'll capture captives. Yeah, and what's what does that have to do with the Yitzhahara? You go to war against the Yitzhahara, Hashem will give him over into your hands and you'll capture captives. What captives is that? So the Pshad is that the Yitzhahara took hostages. You know what the Yitzhahara took as a hostage? When we fall to our Yitzhahara, we use best of our talents to do Averis. We make fun of people, we're sharp, we have a good sense of humor. When we, when we, we, we use the kaychas Hashem gave us to serve Him, we use in the service of people that try to outsmart financially, try to outsmart things. You know, so they use, you know, I'm sure you know people, Shua, that like, uh, you know, that, that, could, that could, you know, that could hack or can know their way around the computer system, you know, like, and, and some people use it to help other Yidden, some people use it to work and tag, and some people use it to make a little money on the side, or a lot of money on the side. So they're using, when someone does that, when someone takes their talent, their ability to talk, their sense of humor, their sharpness, their skill, and uses it to steal, to rob, to cheat, to make someone feel bad, and so on and so forth, the Yetzirah took a hostage. Here you have a talent. Hashem gave you so you should build worlds for, for Him. You should build worlds for this Hashem. And the Yetzirah came and, 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 and literally took captives. So when you go for, to war against the Yetzirah, you're freeing the captives. The Mepharshim say you capture back the captives. You free the hostages. Your kaiches have been held hostage and you free them. And now you can use your talents to serve HaKadosh Baruch. There's many different details here in this pasuk, in these pasukim. 
but I, I like to make sure to mention at least once every L, the uh, very, very, very important um, beer that the Reb Tzaddik brings, B'Shem, the Zayar, one of the things that it says is that this woman that you take should cry for her mother and her father for a month's time. Okay, so you, you, find, you found this beautiful woman in war, that represents a person discovering a pnimius and a rotza and something beautiful that the Eitzahara was controlling. And you capture it back, like I said, and you bring it home, and, it, and she cries for her father and her mother for a month's time. Says the Zayar, month's time? Da yarcha de Elul, that's the month of Elul. And the Neshama cries for Hashem. And the Neshama cries for Hashem for a month's time. That's an interesting description of Elul, no? An interesting description of Elul. So I want to just be masbir something about what this has to do with Elul. Elul doesn't mean that we should be crying the whole Elul. There's a specific nekuda here that's that's Nagaya to Elul, that we could work on. A really powerful Elul Dika Nakuda. We blow Shaifer every day in Elul. Tour brings, I think in Tavkov Pei Aleph, the Tour brings B'Shem the Pirkei Rebbe Lazar in Perak Mem Vav. I'm a little more confident about that. Um, in Perak Mem Vav, that... The reason that we blow Shoifer in Elul is because, if you know the history, Klal Yisrael got the Torah on Vav Sivan. Forty days later, Moshe Rabbeinu came down, it was the 17th day of Tammuz. He found an ego. He smashed the ego. He davened for 40 days to Hashem should be Michael Klal Yisrael. Hashem finally called him up on Rosh Chaydesh Elul to get the Luchas Shneas. That was the third set of 40 days. He came down 40 days later on Yom Kippur. That's why we got the second Luchas on Yom Kippur. When Moshe went up, he had a fear that just like when he went up the first time, Klal Yisrael without him ended up being Oivet Avayi He was afraid that when he goes up this time, also Klal Yisrael will be Oivet Avayi So HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe to tell Klal Yisrael that they should blow Shaifer. And blowing Shaifer will remind them that Moshe Rabbeinu was in Shemayim, he's not going anywhere, and he's coming home. With the Luchas. How does the Shaifer help? What does that do for us? You make a lot of noise, like how does the Shaifer help? So it's important to know this Yisoyed. Maybe as we get closer to Rosh Hashanah, we should talk more about it. But the Shaifer has a Segula that it wakes up hidden and Like, for example, the famous Rambam of Uru Yishena Mishinaschem, when there's Neshama sleeping inside, Ani Yishena, when there's Neshama sleeping inside, the Kayach of the Shoifer is that it could wake up the deeper Ritzainais in a person. Moshe Rabbeinu represents the better part of Klal Yisrael the spirituality of Klai You know there are people that when you spend time with that person, you feel more spiritual. You know there are people like that? You know, like, like just eating a Shabbos with this person or taking a walk with this person. Just, you know, I always talk about the walks home that when I lived in Eretz Yisrael and I used to walk home every davening with my Rosh Hashiva. 
I would walk into the house smiling, you know, even if he didn't say anything. But there was just something about being with a very uplifted person. And it makes... Moshe Rabbeinu did that for Klav Yisrael. When Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't there, there was a fear that there would be a part of them that wouldn't be being awakened. So Moshe told them to blow Shafer, to keep the Ratzin for Aliyah and for HaKadosh Baruch Hu alive. Shafer, Shafer, we learn out the Didim of Shafer from Aim Sisra, from the mother of Sisra. When Sisra was killed, so it says, Vatiyabev Aim Sisra, the mother of Sisra sobbed, and from those sobs we learn out the dinam of Shafer, because Shafer is like a cry, a Bechia. Because a cry really is like that. A cry, we always try not to cry, right? So we swallow it down, we swallow it down. But a cry is when there's a deep ratzoin or yearning or gaguim or sadness or simcha, right? We cry also when we're happy. That's inside, that just bursts out, that wakes up and flexes itself. That's a bechia and a tkiyas shayfra are very similar. So that's what it means. The time of Elul, in our war against the Yitzhahara, the time of El, so we're going to war against our Yitzhahara, and we, in, this, in the process of that war against our Yitzhahara, we are able to identify or find the strength to be able to think about our neshama, about our ruchnias, about our growth. Elul is the time to let that part of us yearn. It's a time to yearn for Hashem. It's sandwiched between being mamlech HaKadosh Baruch Hu on one side and crying for the loss of the Beis HaMikdash on the other side. Do you realize how incredible that is? We sit on the floor of Tisha B'av and we recognize what we don't have. We spend for a month's time, we yearn for our Shairish, we yearn for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then on Rosh Hashanah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes knocking on the door. And we put the crown on the king's head. That's the process of the year. So that's very important, this very important link in the chain, this um, I don't think I have time for the third for the third shtickle. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't wanna I don't wanna shecht it. So maybe we'll have some time over Shabbos. But but so let me just let me just be Messiah in terms of this. Halacha Lamaisa. Halacha Lamaisa is a special school and a special kayak in Elul. Um, Yosef, you might remember that I enjoy saying over that the Bnei Yisachar says a Rosh Hashanah for El that most people don't know. Rosh Hashanah says Ina liyaday v'samti lecha. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Ina liyaday v'samti lecha is by uh, Ari Miklat. It says when it was Ina liyaday that it uh, came into his hands, like he ha- he happened to to kill the person. Hashem says, I'll give you a place to hide. The Bnei Yisachar says, is a remez for Elul, because during Elul, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us opportunities to shtayg. They, they fall into our hands. It's, like, 
whether it's challenges that come up in Elul that don't come up the rest of the year, whether it's a certain netia towards Ruchnias, Ubachsa, Esaviyav, Yasima, but it's a, it's a time <coughs> we have opportunities in Ruchnias. We need to listen to what's going on inside. We are crying for Hashem. The difference is that sometimes we don't know it. But it's not that we're not crying. We are crying, we are <coughs> yearning for Aliyah. And our job, when we're davening Esrei, when we're singing Zmiris, when we're spending time alone, when we're taking a walk, to try to identify within ourselves that yearning, that ubachsa, esavia, ima, yarach yamim. Yashikayach, it's nice to be back. Yashikayach. You have been listening to a shear from ShasIlluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an Eon shear on any Dauphin Shas, including Mara McClaimus on each shear, please visit www.shasIlluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427 or email info at shasilluminated.org.